Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this Friday edition of the Sports Mix. Two days off for us. We're a little refreshed now, getting ready to uh, have some Friday night high school football semifinal action here in AAA. That's tonight, Coburn Field, 7.30 kickoff, 6.30 pregame show on Talk Radio WRNR on the radio side, streaming on the radio side as well, and on WRNR TV on YouTube, as well as thanks to a few businesses in the area we're going to be on tv 10 thanks to the marius group panhandle printing and design and gary kelly allstate for helping us get that fifteen hundred dollars the other day so if you're a person that likes to watch on the tv side you can do so should be a fun one tonight don't miss it don't miss it uh nick will be on the call on the color analyst with matt miller so will be matt miller's final game calling martinsburg football um we'll have him on at 1 p.m. to kick off the second part of the show, the last half hour of the show, as we're going to go an hour and a half today again. Uh, we'll be joined at 12.15 by Andrew Rogers. Talk Huntington High as they, uh, they're they in the other semifinal game tonight. And then at 12.30, the team they're facing, we'll talk with their play-by-play guys. Well, Chris Tatum and 12.45, we'll talk with Travis Jones. He calls Bridgeport uh, for Metro News. So we should have a big show today. Uh, let's just we got a couple minutes before we got Andrew on. Uh, let's just talk. How was your guys' Thanksgiving couple days off? It was good. Uh, you can get that turkey in you, get that football, and then back to work. There you go. I agree. Yeah, it was a nice time just to relax and spend some time with family yesterday, watch some football, play some games, and enjoy some uh, great food. And the best part is there's leftovers. So and the still enjoy second great best food. part is the Cowboys lost. Yeah, that I would put that maybe as the first best. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, leftover food's always good, right? That's true. Uh, well, this show is sponsored in part by Brown's Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Let's look. There's only uh, six games going on in the Mountain State for high school football today. We'll start with the uh, semifinals in single A. Just kind of look around. Number six, Williamstown is at number two, Dodgers County. I believe that might be an afternoon game today. Yeah, you have that option. I think I read somewhere. I some, 1 o'clock I, today. Maybe it's not that game, but some team is playing a 1 p.m. game today. I do know that. That's pretty cool. I did see that somewhere on Twitter. Uh, so that's in single A. That's the that's one single A game uh, of the sem- semifinals. The second semifinal is number eight, Wheeling Central at number four, Ritchie County. That is set for tomorrow, the only Saturday game. That is on semifinal weekend, I guess you could say. Um, well, I guess there's two games. No, three games. Three games this afternoon. Um, that Doddridge County game as well as versus Williamstown, that's a 130 kick today. Um, well, I guess there's only two games. It has it flipped on the schedule on WVSSAC's website. Uh, then you go into double A, number 14, Bluefield at number two, Independence. That game is a 1.30 p.m. kick today. I'm presuming this is a night game tonight at 7.30. Number 16, Fairmont Senior at number five, Poca. Fairmont Senior could go to the state championship. Or Poca could. Yeah, but <laughs> Fairmont Senior is at number Good analysis, 16. <laughs> Fairmont- you know what? I think the winner of that game has a pretty good chance to go to the state championship. <laughs> Okay, Nick. I just think Fairmont Senior at number sixteen. Yeah, has I mean a they're upset. They're they well again. We looked at their schedule and, and they played some really good teams. So while they came in at six and four in the sixteenth seed, uh, you know they certainly challenged themselves throughout the regular season to get to this point. So it's not too surprising that a program like Fairmont Senior has a chance. But Poca usually has a really good program too. The Dots. I know that's Colin's favorite team name in the state, and it's probably up there for me as well. I mean, yeah. the Poca Dots. What's not to like? Uh, you know, I don't know much about their team last year I know, or this year, but I know they uh, had Ethan Payne last year who ended up going to Marshall. His um, little brother's going to Marshall too, I believe. He's on that team. There you go. So they got you know some, and they're usually a pretty physical football team. So that should be a good one. Yeah, on the other side, Fairmont seniors are pretty uh, physical team as well. They've always been a powerhouse in Double A, and it's honestly surprising that they were 16th seed 
but as you said, their strength of schedule was uh, one of the most probably difficult in the entire state, and always uh, looking back at single A, Wheeling Central. So both They're those always a team that makes it to the state championship, no matter what seed they are. I don't know if it's also their strength of schedule or what it is for that team just to click it into a whole nother gear, like maybe five gears up. And they always seem to get to that state championship game no matter where they are put in that bracket. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, if you look at the numbers, just the ranking, the ratings where all these teams are, uh, single A kind of looks like triple A, except for you got a number eight team in there. But you have number two, number four, number six, number eight. In double A, it's kind of the wild card. You got a number 14 against a number two, a number 16 against a number five. And then in triple A, number two against number three, number one against number five. So double A is kind of the outlier where there's teams that, you know, seven and three team, seven and four team could go to be an eight win team and they could make the, the state championship. I think a lot of that has to do with how you're going to schedule as those size schools. You know, double A schools can definitely play up and play some of the uh, lesser triple a teams or even just some decent triple a teams to get you ready for the playoffs but you don't see a whole lot of single a's versus triple a's and you don't see a whole lot of single a's even against double a's or at least top tier double a's so i think you know if you're a top tier double a program while you may not have the best regular season record if you challenged yourself with some good bigger schools uh and even if you didn't win which obviously the win helps you the most but it helps your team in terms of getting ready for the postseason and knowing that you've already faced some really good challenges yeah definitely and i think that this whole semifinal weekend is going to be a great one and then next week obviously wheeling island super six championships that that's going to be a good one as well uh but we've reached our first break of the day segment sponsored in part by parsons ford kent parsons ford in martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first go to parsonsford.com for more we come back be joined by Huntington play-by-play broadcaster Andrew Rogers. That's next on the Sports Mix as Huntington plays for the other to get to the state championship on the other side of the bracket. Going out with hopes you were staying in. I was feeling like myself for the first time in a long time till I bumped into some of your friends. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. You've put up with your water long enough. It's time for Sunset Water Services, your local water solution since 1989, to fix your water problems. Get better tasting, better smelling, and better looking water today. Say hello to drinking your own delicious water for pennies per gallon. Say yes to healthier skin and hair and to softer and brighter clothes. Sunset Water Services delivers your bags of salt to you, so they'll save your back too. And our products come with a one-year satisfaction guarantee. Call 304-754-9031 for a free water quality test today. Sunsetwater.com. Mayhem is everywhere. I'm in new bangs, and you can't stop staring at me. That's it. Just tilt the rearview mirror over here. And while you're checking me out more times than a library book, your car is wandering into that lane over there. More bangs? <laughs> Neat. And if you've got cut rate insurance, you could be paying for this yourself. So get Allstate. Call Martinsburg Allstate agent Gary Kelly today at 304-263-4596. At Valley Health, we know everyone's schedule is different. That's why our urgent care centers offer convenient features like online check-in and telehealth virtual visits, allowing you to see one of our expert caregivers in person or right from the comfort of your device. So whatever your calendar, agenda, or life looks like these days, you can be sure that if it works for you, it works for us. Find one of our eight area locations at vhurgentcare.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix, a football Friday, the last football game that we'll be calling, and I'm high school football-wise, and I'm presuming the last football game that Andrew Rogers will be calling for Huntington. Is that right, Andrew? Yeah, that, that is going to be correct, probably, yeah. Yeah, a good season, though, for you. Get You know, you got the other side of what Nick got last year. Yeah, I tell you what, the Highlanders have not let lost since I have taken over for Nick. I don't know <laughs> if he was just bad luck or what, Nick. But uh, They ended the year on either a two- or three-game losing or winning streak. So now they were playing some bad teams, but still. All right, well, we're now talking with Andrew Rogers Huntington. Highlanders play-by-play broadcaster. They have a tough test tonight. For the second time this season, they will face Cabell Midland. Cabell Midland coming in at 11-1 and on the season. Their lone loss to that Huntington team and should be a good one, Andrew. And uh, obviously Huntington hosting this game, but it's going to be big crowd for both sides. Yeah, tell you what, I'm going to have to get there probably an hour earlier just because of how many people are going to probably be driving up the hill there uh, in Huntington. I'm, I'm still at home. I'll be driving down back down in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it should be a good football game. You mentioned it. Midland's only lost this year to Huntington, and it's a team that I think has gotten better throughout the season as it's gone on. I talked to Coach Salmons a couple of days ago, and he had really talked about from that loss how this team's gotten so much better uh, from the last time these two teams played. And that week three game, we've mentioned it a couple of times, Cowell Midland was probably the better team, but Huntington on that final drive in the fourth quarter converted two fourth downs to end up in one of which was the touchdown from Waco to Felder to win that game. So if it hadn't been for the, the fourth down conversions on that last drive, Cowell Midland's the undefeated team, and Huntington's the team maybe with one loss in this matchup. So should be a good one, I think. Uh, obviously, Cowell Midland, I think, feels pretty confident with how they're playing. And so does Huntington, obviously, but knowing – Last time out, Cal Midland controlled the football and played they wanted to. Um, that obviously helped them out. They just fell, ended up falling short because of a few plays there in the fourth quarter. How much do you think um, that last game maybe plays a factor in tonight with both teams obviously being familiar with each other, but also what has maybe changed that could, uh, I guess, change the game plan going into tonight's game? I think one thing that really stood out about that first matchup that really Cal Midland did really well in the the first half was keep Huntington's offense off the field. 40 to 10 of offensive plays Cal Midland to Huntington in that first half. Think about that. 50 total plays run in that first half. 40 by Cal Midland. So the Huntington offense really had no chance to kind of gain momentum. And Cal Midland's potent running attack is going to probably try to do the same thing tonight. And if Huntington's defense isn't able to get off the field in a playoff game like this, that obviously favors Cabell Midland. So having that happen in that first matchup was crucial and a big reason why Cabell Midland got off to the good start and kind of controlled the game. So that's a number that Huntington obviously would like to switch a little bit, and it may impact what Coach Billy Seals does if his team maybe wins the toss. They win the opening toss. Maybe they want the football first, get off to a good start, and the same for Cabell Midland. So that's a number, obviously, that I'm going to kind of track tonight is how long Cal Midland's on the field and how many plays Huntington's able to run on offense. Since that Week 3 matchup between Cal Midland and Huntington, who are some of the players on Huntington's side that have kind of grown into their roles more that maybe they weren't at that level of play yet in Week 3? I would probably say Zaza Jackson. He's a a freshman running back that they don't use a whole lot in the running game, but they like to get him out in space, kind of run pitch plays to get him outside on the perimeter and really utilize his speed. And they didn't utilize him a lot in that week three victory over Cabell Midland, but he's a guy that is definitely dangerous, can kind of catch the football as well as a slot receiver, but they'll mainly use him as a a kind of a tailback in the backfield and let him get to the outside. He's a guy that I think Huntington could utilize a little bit more in this matchup. But besides him, he played in that matchup, but there's just the same guys that have continued to grow uh, with this team and that's kind of one thing we talked about the freshman Zaza Jackson Huntington really hasn't been in a big playoff game like this before a lot of these Cal Midland players played in that 2019 state championship game when they lost to Martinsburg so they've been in these big semifinal games state championship like games and fi- found ways to win and that's something that Huntington doesn't have is that experience of knowing okay How can we play well enough to win this game, even if we don't have our best stuff? And how can we limit the penalties? What are the winning plays we can do in the second half? So that's an advantage there 
I think, for Cabell Midland, too, is the experience factor in having played in these big football games. But I think Zaza Jackson certainly is a guy that Huntington will utilize more and can utilize more because of his speed uh, on the outside. Before I ask you a question, I want to kind of call out Nick. He was a play-by-play broadcaster last year, and he didn't even know how the season ended. They did end on a one-game winning streak, but they won three of their last five games. They lost to South Charleston on the 23rd of October and to Bridgeport on the 30th of October by identical score, 42-21. to Anything to say for yourself there, Nick? Uh, I mean, look, that was, that was kind of a while ago. I don't know. <laughs> The season dragged a little bit. We had a lot of long road trips. That's all I really remember. All right. Well, what I wanted to ask you, Andrew, was obviously second time playing for Huntington, playing Cabell Midland this year. They got a, they squeaked out a 21-17 victory on September 10th. It's been you know over two months since that last game against Cabell Midland. What's been the difference that Huntington's been able to do since then? How has Huntington improved? I think – as the weeks have gone on, they've obviously improved with each performance. And not now, has every performance been to their standard? Probably not. But week by week, especially here in the playoffs, just finding ways to win football games because you're not going to have your best stuff. And when you see these teams for the second time around, they're going to know you obviously a little bit better, know what you like to run, know your tendencies, that sort of thing. So I think it's just the understanding of this team gaining more experience and finding ways to win outside of just okay, let's score a bunch of points, let's turn people over, and we'll win by 30-plus. You can't do that. You're not going to do that against a team like Cabell Midland. So it's just finding little ways to win football games, making big stops on fourth down, you know, just smart football plays throughout the season has kept this team undefeated, especially early in the season. The Spring Valley victory, 9-6, to a game they just gutted out and made some winning plays. And similar to the matchup last week against George Washington, just finding ways to win has kind of been, I think, the reason Huntington has continued to get better throughout each week. Because they're a good football team, and they, we saw that in the first couple of weeks, but they've continued to play to that level for the most part, but have also been able to improve because of gaining more experience and just finding ways to win games. And you mentioned that as kind of being, I guess, the strength of the entire season, really, for Huntington. Because you look back at some of their games, and it's like, how'd they pull that one out? And with all that kind of heading into tonight's game, knowing that they've beaten some of the best teams in the state, they've beaten this Cabell Midland team, and they found just ways to win, like you said, how do you think that maybe plays a factor heading into tonight's game with their confidence, knowing that they've already beat this team and also have had um, some big victories all season? I think it certainly does play a factor. And what the players and, and Billy Coach Billy Steele has said throughout the season is we just want to be 1-0 at the end of each week. So after every Friday night, we just want to be – undefeated so that's the mentality that this team's had and I think everybody in that locker room probably knows just because we beat Cal Midland week three that game does not really matter anymore you know both teams have gotten this far obviously the win probably gives Huntington the home field advantage for this matchup obviously but I think just the the understanding of okay this is just another this is another game you know this is a playoff game it doesn't matter how many wins how many losses you have or how many losses the other team has you have to come ready to play, and Huntington's mentality throughout the year has just been, let's go 1-0, and and if we continue to go 1-0, and eventually you're going to run out of games to play because you're going to be in the championship and hopefully be 1-0 and uh, when the championship game gets there. The talk up here a little bit is that Cabell Midland be, might be able to get some uh, revenge over Huntington tonight. How is the talk uh, going on down there in the Huntington area, and what does Huntington need to do to make sure that Cabell Midland is not the team to knock them off well first and foremost i think it's obviously stopped the run and the numbers from last week that cabell midland put up against university and really all season they've got four guys over a thousand yards on the ground and they've got a great offensive line so those numbers speak for themselves but last week chandler schmidt and jackson fetty combined for well over 400 yards themselves on the ground and that you win against university where they just blew out university 46 21 Really, from the start, they, those guys were good. So it's going to be, have to be the stop the run. And that doesn't mean every time you go out there you have to stop the run. But if you get to a fourth and two, fourth and three situation at an opponent's 15-yard line and Cal Midland's in the red zone, you've got to be able to get off the field. If you get off the field in that, that really stalls out a drive and helps your defense get momentum 
moving forward. So I think, obviously, it's got to be to stop the run. But, again, this Cal Midland team is playing with a lot of momentum. They're hungry. Revenge game. There's a lot on the line, especially, uh, obviously, this being the battle for the Shield round two. So it should be a good football game. Um, I think Cal Midland does feel pretty confident, and so does Huntington. But, obviously, one team's a little bit hungrier maybe than the other just because – uh, the the Knights beat the Highlanders earlier this year, and I saw a good great story on the Herald Dispatch by Tim Stevens talking about the Huntington kicker. Obviously, for Huntington, when you're going to play a close game like you're going to most likely against a Cabell Midland team, you got that that nine to six win earlier in the season against uh, uh, against Spring Valley. So your kicker is very important. What have you seen from their kicker this year that it has made him to what he has been so far? He's been really good, and I think one thing that goes underrated is his kickoffs. He'll send his kickoffs usually into the end zone unless the wind's playing a factor. They're most of the time inside the 10-5 yard line, and he really forces teams to kind of make that decision, and sometimes he'll bring it out and have a tough field. But for him as a kicker, like as a sophomore, 9 of 12 on field goals, along of 46 for a field goal, 61 of 63 on extra points, he's been great, 25 total kickoffs into the end zone too for that statistic but you know when you have that luxury that's a good thing to have but in a game like this touchdowns are I think of the necessity but to have a kicker with a leg with a strong leg and he's got some distance to it as well in high school is certainly um, a luxury to have but again it's going to come down to touchdowns I think in a game like this because Cal Midland um, doesn't have a great field goal kicker but when you get into a game like this the more you settle the more the opposing defense, I think, gets a little bit more confident going into the offensive possession the next time around, knowing, okay, we held them to three when they probably may have gotten, you know, six on that drive. Do you think, uh, or who do you think would be the better matchup for the Highlanders? Would it be Bridgeport or uh, Martinsburg? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Bridgeport and Cabell Midland are, are fairly similar. So if Huntington would beat Cabell Midland, I think having played a similar style offense the week before would help Huntington. But, again, that's a team they haven't been too familiar with. Played last year, obviously, and lost. So you have that kind of film to work with. And you haven't played Martinsburg either and don't have a lot of film on them. Um, so I would maybe say lean toward Bridgeport. Bridgeport's a good team. I think they put, what, 75 on Jefferson last week. So uh, that's a good team, too. Honestly, you wish it was neither of those two teams, I think, at this point in the year. But everybody's good and. Honestly, all four teams that are in the playoffs right now in AAA can win the championship. It, it, it's wide open. Last question. Win or lose tonight for Huntington, what is the main thing that they can uh, take away from this season as a whole? I think just I mean, growing from last season, just three wins a season ago and bringing a lot of players back and still having – a fairly young roster. You've got a lot of seniors up front, but a lot of playmakers are going to return to this team next season. So if you can fill some gaps on the offensive line, uh, that certainly poises Huntington for a chance to maybe to make another incredible run next year. But, uh, you know, I think it, it's probably growth, just this team and being able to come this far and still not lose a football game. Because we're not talking about a team that went 8-2, and 7-3, and three and had their season ended by COVID last year. We're talking about a team that went 3-6 and six and – just wasn't that great and obviously COVID maybe had a factor to do with some of that but this was a young team a season ago and to see the growth from last year to this year and Nick can probably attest to that more I don't think anybody thought Huntington would be 12-0 and in the state semifinals as the number one seed coming into this season and I don't think they were ranked in the top 10 power rankings to start the year so it's just more of the surprise factor and growing as the season's gone on that uh, has allowed this Highlanders team to be really good because nobody thought they would kind of be in this situation. All right, Andrew. Well, thanks for joining us, and maybe we'll have this call next week again. Who knows? That certainly certainly would be awesome. I'm hoping that the Highlanders could stay undefeated while I do games because then the week after, you know, it is what it is on my part. I mean, I hope obviously they would win next week too, but hey. for the sake of me being on the call, let's be 13-0. and 0. Does, that, does that mean that Season two, Andrew Rogers calling Huntington Highlander football next year? That's a Paul Swan question. That is a Paul Swan question. Is that an incentive in your contract? <laughs> you know, I, I thought about that. I thought about that. If they win tonight, I'll have to talk with Paul about that. All right, Andrew. Well, 
thanks for coming on. Have a good call tonight. Yep. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. Andrew, Andrew Rogers, play-by-play broadcaster for the Huntington Highlanders down in Huntington. This segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living. It's family-owned and operated, and it's located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. We'll be back with the other side of that matchup next when we talk with Chris Tatum, the uh, play-by-play broadcaster for the Cavill Midland Knights. That's next on the Sports Mix. I was saying to you, you were swinging to me. I was so alive, never been more free. Fired up my daddy's lighter. We sang, oh, oh, oh. Stayed there till they forced us out. And took the long way to your house. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Home helpers of the Eastern Panhandle making life easier for you, your family, and especially your loved ones that need their care. They are locally owned and searching for smiling faces to hire so that your loved one can stay in their home where they are the happiest. Call 304-433-8000 or visit homehelpershomecare.com slash panhandle. Or you can visit them at 3192 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Each office is independently owned and operated. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Erie Insurance says here's to the grown-ups who move, mortgage, mow, and still bust a move. But does your home insurance still fit? Erie helps you protect the home you've grown into, all at fair prices that are often less than the other guys. So how do you find the right coverage? Magic. Nope. Local independent agents who get to know you like this. Your local Erie agent in Martinsburg is Smallwood and Small Insurance. Get a quote at smallwoodandsmall.com. Erie Insurance. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix, brought to you by Smallwood and Small Insurance in Martinsburg, your total insurance solution at 121 Administrative Drive in Martinsburg. Call 304-263-3361. We're now joined on the phone by broadcaster for the Cabell Midland Knights, Chris Tatum. How are you doing today, Chris? Good, guys. How's it going? We're doing good down here. Uh, Obviously, a big matchup for the Cabell Midland Knights tonight. We just talked to Andrew Rogers for get the perspective on the other side of the matchup. Now let's talk about the Cabell Midland side of things. Obviously, a you know a county rivalry here between two schools in Cabell County, and uh, obviously Cabell Midland has revenge on their mind, falling twenty-one to seventeen back in September. Yeah, you know that's what that's what makes this game really interesting. Is not only the rivalry, but you go back to the regular season matchup. And there's some hard feelings from the Cabin Midland side over that ball game. There's a couple touchdowns called back. There was an interception that uh, some say was, some say was not an interception that kind of changed the tempo of that game. Um, so, you know, I think Cabin Midland comes into this game with a chip on their shoulder. They feel like they have something to prove and they want to prove that they're the best team in the, in the county, if not the state. And uh, it's, this, it's our trip to the state championship. And, both Huntington and, and you guys know this by us having talked before. I spent 17 years over there at, at Huntington High on their broadcast, and uh, you know Billy Seals and Luke Sammons uh, have have built their programs uh, from the ground up using their own uh, system and their own ways of teaching and bringing coaches in. And both of these fellows have have great coaches surrounding them. 
They've got player buy-in, and they've and they've turned their fan bases in into just that raging fanatics for for both these football teams. So it's going to be an exciting game tonight on the hill. Uh, and, and one of the things about Midland uh, is that they just don't care where they play; they just want to move on to the next. So I think it's probably the same for Huntington when you get this deep in the season. But uh, Luke and 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 his uh, players, his leaders on his team, who you've heard from in the media, have said the same thing all the way through this season, which is just move on to the next one. What were some uh, keys to the win last week against University? Obviously, Cal Midland's you know, the lowest seed remaining, so they've had probably the toughest uh, playoff run so far. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, I'm, I'm not uh, downplaying their opponents by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, however, in looking at South Charleston, we we talked about South Charleston a little bit, even in the regular season, about the the lack of discipline uh, on that team, and that they looked lost at times. And and though they've got talented athletes, they just didn't look like they were gelling as the season went on. So I, I think that was one of the things that played into Cab Midland's hands in the playoff game too. Uh, and the thing with with last week's matchup, we were up at university, is that, you know, I was looking up and down their schedule and, and they have a propensity for being very prolific and very uh, uh, high-powered offense. Judging, just, just look at the scores from the season. Very good football team without question. I don't think they'd face someone like Cattle Midland up to that point. Um, the thing about university was they they did keep midland guessing for a little bit but then midland did what they normally do which is wearing their opponents down and they've done that all season long and at one point i don't know if it was when i was talking with you guys or i was on i was doing another broadcast somewhere else kind of talking about it but um I, looking up and down the stat sheet for, for university, I said, you know, this is a good ball team, but I'm going to tell you if this game is not in hand by the fourth quarter uh, for the night, I'll be very surprised. And at one point it was 40-7. to 7. You guys know it finished 46-21. to 21. And Midland did just what I said. is they, they just wore these guys down. And let's be honest, university had some issues going into this game. They've got a quarterback coming back from two weeks off. One of their leaders who, who who had been off for a few weeks, well, their their team leader, their quarterback, and then uh, throughout the course of that game, there were some injuries happening. There were some frustrations on the sidelines because University hadn't hadn't seen some of the things that Midland was doing all season. So uh, there are a lot of things that played into that game against University. But again, I think it just goes back to this Midland style of football. And I think I told you guys this when I talked to you last time, is that. Kudos to all phases of the game for this coaching staff. No injury issues, no conditioning issues at all, even in the first part of the season. When it's still hot out, didn't see a bunch of kids cramping up, didn't see a bunch of kids being switched in and out. They're able to do that when they want to do it. And I think that's that's the key for Midland is to do the same thing they've been doing all season long, which is wear teams down, switch their personnel, reload when you, when you need to reload, and uh, – and you utilize that hard pounding ground game. You got three or four guys who can just take off with the football at any given moment. I asked the uh, same question to Andrew Rogers, who's the play-by-play announcer for Huntington. I'm going to ask it to you now. The last time these two teams played was Week Three. How has Cabell Midland grown since that time? Well, I, I think I think immensely in in the maturity level that that this team shows. I think that. Uh, as you see any team over the course of the season, they start playing more together, and we all use that word gel, but they've they've done that. And the other thing that they've done is to find other weapons. When something doesn't work, they go they go to something else, and they find what works. And uh, the, uh, the growth over the season is, is always is always key. but I think you know I think these guys have just learned learned each other very well they encourage each other and uh it's, it's kind of a different feel uh for this team that i've seen in years previous for midland and obviously these two teams very familiar with each other not only playing earlier in the season but being you know rivals so i have that history how much do you think that i guess plays a factor tonight in terms of 
what they were able to do this week in preparation and uh you know knowing how they're going to play without even really looking at anything well just again you, you kind of hit on it in that they're rivals and then they're always kind of looking to see what the other one's doing it's natural to do that but it, but it also comes without knowing how to not lose focus uh from week to week and and do what you need to do but anytime you anytime you put midland and huntington high uh on the field together it's just a different atmosphere it's a different ball game and you know i i have the feeling and i know that i know that by knowing both these coaches uh practice was a little more intense um and like everybody says in west virginia when you're practicing on thanksgiving day you're one of four teams left so it better be intense um because you're, you know, you're to this point, you're you're going to be playing for a state championship in a week if you come away with a win on Friday, not every Thanksgiving. So, I think practice is a little more intense for both of these teams. I think uh, the uh, the speaking locker room was a little bit different, and and maybe maybe not so much talking to locker room. It, I think there's probably a good chance that it was all business, and and that's what both of these teams want to do is get to business tonight at seven thirty. And uh, obviously, you and I both know Tim Stevens, Andrew, or Nick does as well. Um, he's been all over this matchup from the beginning of the week on on the Herald Dispatch, writing stories uh, left and right for both teams. Revenge is obviously a big factor in this, but the fans from both sides uh, definitely out there making their voices felt this week. Yeah, like I said, the, these two coaches have built their programs uh, around their style of football and have done so and and gotten not only the kids involved and impassioned about the program, but they've got the fans involved and impassioned about the program, which is why we talk about the regular season matchup. There's a chip on the shoulders of not just the players, but a chip on the shoulders of the Midland fans and and then the uh, deep passion for Huntington to come in and do what they did in week three of the season. But, you know, you now we're able to see that all over the place. You know, we can see it in the newspaper, but you can also see it in chatter on Twitter and chatter on Facebook. And man, after that ball game, you wouldn't believe how many pictures went up over the intercept interception or lack thereof interception. The touchdown was called back. The other touchdown was called back. So uh, it's a, like you said, it's, it's known by both fan bases that this is an important game tonight and they'll show out just like they did in week three and, and they'll all be there in force. Matter of fact, if you're coming, you better get there early because you're going to have to avoid traffic otherwise. Yeah, Andrew said he's probably going to get there about an hour earlier than normal. Uh, but last one here, Chris, um, asked Andrew the same question. I think you're going to probably have the same answer, but uh, who do you think would be the better matchup for Cabell Midland if they're able to win tonight? Would it be Martinsburg or Bridgeport? Well, I think I think the desire is to, is to obviously play Martinsburg. Um, I, I I've not seen a whole lot about Bridgeport. I've not, well, I'm not, I've read about Bridgeport. I've not seen a whole lot of film on Bridgeport, but I think the desire is Martinsburg just because Martinsburg has that uh, record of, uh, you know, their regular season records and, and their record in the state championship. I think that's, you know, that's, it's one of those dynasty teams you want to have a shot at, you know, Brad and, and his guys out of spring Valley, you know, uh, one of that, they got that, they got that shot, what, three times now? And I think Midland or Huntington High, either one would love to have that. Midland would certainly love to go on to next week and play, play Martinsburg. And, you know, it was a quiet place a few years back when they played Martinsburg at Wheeling Island, and they went up by a couple of scores early. Uh, I've never heard of Martinsburg's uh, uh, fan base that quiet in a long, long time. So I think they'd like to go up there and duplicate that and put the nail in the coffin. And let me go back to what you said just a second ago. You talk about Tim Stevens doing doing press on this game all week. Tim does a great job. Tim is so very well known in this area, and all these kids uh, really uh, love and adore that guy because of his passion for high school football and passion for high school sports. So I can't, I just can't begin to say enough about Tim. He's a great guy, and he does a great job for the Herald Dispatch. That he does. All right, Chris Tatum, thanks for joining us. Have a good call tonight. Guys, take care. All right, that was Chris Tatum, play-by-play broadcaster for the Cabell Midland Knights. 
That does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. We come back, we'll talk with uh, play-by-play broadcaster for those Bridgeport Indians that are headed up here right now to face the Martinsburg Bulldogs. That's Travis Jones, and that's next on the Sports Mix. By now, you should have somehow realized what you gotta do. I don't believe that. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg has a brand new list of daily specials. Monday, stop on in for burger night or enjoy a nice juicy steak every Tuesday and Wednesday. The Palace Lounge also offers freshly steamed shrimp Thursdays and chef specials every Friday and Saturday. Sunday is all-day breakfast and there are drink specials daily too. So come enjoy the Palace Lounge. You can find them on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard. WB Medicine is pleased to introduce five new providers who've joined our medical staffs at Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center, and University Healthcare Physicians. Dr. Leslie Golden, Orthopedics. Dr. Alexander Bitzer, Orthopedics. Dr. Courtney McQuillan, Obstetrics and Gynecology. Nurse Practitioner Carolyn Gable, Nephrology. And Darwin Castillo, Emergency Medicine. WB Medicine, growing to meet the needs of our community. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. Again, we're running an hour and a half today until 1.30 as we get you ready for the semifinals in high school football in the state. This segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. We're now joined on the phone by the play-by-play broadcaster for the Bridgeport Indians, Travis Jones. How are you doing today, Travis? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing good. Obviously, a huge matchup tonight here in the Eastern Panhandle. I know you're en route to the game. You're going to be calling the game tonight uh, for the uh, Bridgeport Indians. What are some things that the Indians do uh, since Martinsburg has not seen them this year? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, simply, uh, you know, offensively, it's the oldest offense in the history of mankind. Uh, it's a single wing. Uh, it's, a, it's an offense that's so old that it uh, was developed even before the, uh, the quarterback position uh came to be known so you know technically there is no quarterback the ball can be snapped uh, any number of places on any given play but you know we we have a, a quarterback uh, but it's called a t-back cam cole's his name and he's rushed for uh, nearly 1500 yards this season and uh, you know it's just a, a wide variety of um, of backs you know bridgeport's very deep at the back position you know the fullback landon Rappert has uh, had an outstanding uh, season really his last four games he's rush for nearly um, 850 yards over the last four, and including a, a school record last week as he went for uh, 316 yards against Jefferson and that uh, 74 uh, points that Bridgeport put up. So, you know, Bridgeport historically has had a reputation of being kind of a ball-controlled, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust offense. But uh, in the last – really the last 10 years with the uh, the emergence of uh, – 
some athletes like uh, they had the, the Tonkeries that went on to play at West Virginia came through and Dante Bonamico that, that uh, played at WVU that came through. You know, it became more of a quick strike offense. And, guys, you look at that Jefferson game last week, there were 19 touchdown drives in that game, 18 of which combined between the two teams with three and a half minutes or less. So, you know, Bridgeport, sure, they'd love to control the ball. I think that's one of the keys for them tonight. But, you know, this, this offense uh, against – you know, certainly not the talent and the speed that Martinsburg's defense will present, but uh, that they've shown the ability to be quick strike. And you mentioned uh, that win over Jefferson last week. I guess take us kind of through Bridgeport's playoff run so far and what's been some things that have allowed them to be successful in these uh, first two rounds. Well, I think first and foremost, they've played clean. You know, Bridgeport doesn't turn the ball over a lot. They're plus 17 in giveaway takeaway. Um, you know, when you don't throw the ball a whole lot, then obviously uh, you don't put the ball in, in too much danger. If your ball control is good and Bridgeport's backs uh, have been excellent, they've only fumbled six times this season, at least six lost fumbles. So, you know, first and foremost, they've played clean throughout the playoffs. And, and you know, again, you come back to the offense. It's a, it's a hard offense, guys, to replicate in practice, number one. Um, you certainly can't do it in seven days uh, to the efficiency that you need to do. And it's not unlike – you know, Division One teams, when they come up against the service academies, you know, usually even when teams, uh, you know, uh, you know, in Navy, for, for an example, they may play a team that's got a lot more talent than they do, but just the precision of their offense, the unique style of their offense, they run it sometimes takes you a quarter, quarter and a half uh, to get the pattern, to get the rhythm. And, um, you know, that, that certainly uh, has given Bridgeport a, a big advantage in the postseason. Uh, just because teams have a difficult time replicating what they do in practice. So um, it's a good team. There's no question about it. You know, you don't uh, go 12-0 and 0, uh, and, and, and beat a good Jefferson team and put 74 on them like Bridgeport did last week uh, without uh, certainly having uh, a lot of talent, and this team does. On the other side of things, since we always typically hear about that high-powered Bridgeport offense, how's the defense look for them this season? How will they be able to stop the high-powered offense on Martinsburg's side of things? Well, you know, certainly um, I, I think the the disadvantage for Bridgeport is the fact that Martinsburg is multiple. You know, Bridgeport through the years, and, and I've done the games for 29 seasons, so, you know, I've watched very good teams that, are one-dimensional struggle against Bridgeport's defense because usually Bridgeport uh, can take one thing away or the other. Now, this, this particular team has been very good against the run, uh, obviously is, is uh, witnessed by last week's you know, 40-plus uh, points they gave up to Jefferson. They have been susceptible to the pass. Uh, they tried in the offseason. You know, Bridgeport has primarily been a double-A school. It's the smallest triple-A school in the state. So you know, they knew going up to triple-A that they were going to have to work uh, particularly against spread offenses, because that's what they were going to see primarily in the playoffs. So, you know, they changed their defensive philosophy a little bit going into this season. They've got some better athletes at corners. So they, they became a little more aggressive. It typically had been a zone, you know, coverage scheme. Uh, just try to keep everything in front of them and, and make teams march, you know, 70 and 80 yards down the field without making a mistake. Uh, you know, I'm not so sure tonight against Jefferson that Bridgeport will probably won't – play more zone tonight than they have in the past uh, just because one they they got burned a little bit last week and two um, they just you know obviously you know Martinsburg's got great athletes they've had great athletes for the last 11 years and that's you know that's uh, been one of their recipes for success uh, one of many so you know I, I think tonight I think Bridgeport certainly wants to try to take the run game or limit that as much as they can and then um you know, if, if Jefferson or if uh, Martinsburg's forced to throw the football, then I think Bridgeport, you know, wants to make them work down the field instead of, you know, big plays or, or turning a 10-yard pass play into a 90-yard, you know, one missed tackle and then the race is on. And you talked about that move up to AAA. A lot of fans up here kind of have a gripe that, you know, you look at a Bridgeport team, their schedule for the 2021 season doesn't show a lot of AAA teams, shows a lot of AA teams. What can you say about that? Well, I mean, first thing, they're stuck in a AA conference. So that's the no fault of their own. Um, you know, the other thing is, is not unlike Martinsburg, I can tell you Bridgeport has a difficult time finding AAA opponents. People just don't want to fly them. Um, and that's – you know, the offense lends to that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, you got a university team, for an example, out of Morgantown that had an undefeated season this year, 
won't play Bridgeport. I mean, Bridgeport is offered. They've they've done everything they can, you know, outside of just showing up outside their gate on a Friday and, and, and inviting themselves in. So, you know, Martinsburg certainly can understand that the, the predicament that Bridgeport's in in terms of trying to find AAA opponents. So, um, you know, it's a tra- Bridgeport's bounced back and forth. And, um, you know, the point system in West Virginia is set up as such as you're you're ultimately judged by the by the strength of schedule that you play, and Bridgeport's schedule obviously was good enough for a number three seed class AAA. So I think that 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 uh, uh, the schedule may not be to some fans' liking, but at the end of the day, it was good enough to get them home field until the semis. How much do you think the uh, the common opponent between Jefferson and, and uh, Martinsburg, obviously playing Jefferson and, and Bridgeport playing Jefferson? Do you think that plays? Any factor in terms of how these teams prepared for this game? Nah, I don't think so. I, I really don't. I mean, um, you know, will it help? I mean, it won't. Playing Jefferson won't help Martinsburg one iota against Bridgeport single wing. Now, does it help Bridgeport to play a spread team um, and you know a very very good quarterback? I mean, Jefferson's quarterback, uh, I was extremely impressed with. He's one of the best quarterbacks that uh, that I've seen all season and can make all the throws, and they've got a very good receiving core, as you guys know. And certainly, you know, Martinsburg shut them down to the tune of, uh, of three points. And, and you look at Jefferson's pass offense, that was the worst game um, output-wise that they had all year, and, and a lot of that has to go to Martinsburg's credit. But, um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think a whole lot. I don't think you can uh, you can gather a whole lot comparing scores um, as evidenced by the Spring Valley game for Martinsburg. You know, I mean, who uh, – who sees a Martinsburg team that gets beat two weeks, turns around a couple of weeks later and, and, uh, and beats Spring Valley 31-7. to And, you know, guys, and again, that comes back to one thing, and that's turnovers. You know, if Martinsburg doesn't turn the ball over five times at Spring Valley, you know, they, they come away with a multiple touchdown win. So, um, you know, that's one of the keys to this game tonight. And Martinsburg's plus two and giveaway takeaway. Bridgeport's plus 17. So if you look on paper, you know, that's the – that's one of the inherent advantages that you know Bridgeport has, and they've, they've got to be opportunistic, and they've got to take care of the football like they, they typically do. Okay, Travis, final question for you. The dynasty for Bridgeport, more or less on the AA side of things since they just now moved up to AAA, but they've always been one of that top elite football teams when it comes to AA. How can they keep that going in AAA and possibly get a win tonight to uh, solidify that they're here to stay. Well, you know that's a yeah that's an interesting question. It's certainly one that uh, I think long term they've got to you know they're going to have to figure out. It all comes in numbers. Um, you know, Bridgeport uh, typically has been about a forty-five to fifty type player program. You know, they they've done a very good job of maintaining a freshman program, which you know for schools Bridgeport size is almost unheard of. You know, they play a, an all-AAA freshman schedule, including Martinsburg, and beat Martinsburg, by the way, at Coburn Field earlier this season in freshman football. Uh, but it, it's all going to be, you know, Bridgeport will do the weight room. You know, they've got committed kids. They're very good top to bottom. You know, at last count, Bridgeport, from their peewees on up to their varsity, was like 49 and 50 and 55 and 2 now uh, heading into uh, tonight. And, of course, the varsity's last team obviously left – uh, to be playing football in the city of Bridgeport, so they've got the they've got the uh, the Pee Wee, they've got the youth, they've got the middle school. Their middle school won the NC7 championship, beat University's middle school for the championship. So it, it's just about you know getting a little more depth is I think what they're going to have to have to uh, to con- con- continue to compete. But guys, when they were AAA before, you know before they won three state class AA state championships, they went to the semifinals almost every year they were AAA. So, you know, th- this is nothing new for Bridgeport. And, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, on paper, they know they have their hands full tonight with Martinsburg. But uh, I can guarantee you this, they won't shy away from this opportunity. All right, Travis, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you tonight at Coburn Field. All right, guys, thanks. Our guest, Travis Jones, calls the Bridgeport Indians games. That does it for this segment of the Sports Mix. We come back, we'll talk with our own Matt Miller, calling his last game tonight in his 29th season as well. Uh, That's next on the Sports Mix.
to support our local community and bring you the latest local news, local weather, and local sports. Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, Hedgesville, Bowling Waters. This is Matt Miller, along with my wife, Dale. As homeowners, we've been through the mortgage process several times, and each time we went to Mark and Cheryl Savitt at the Mortgage Center. They treat you like family with personal one-on-one service, walking with you through the process from application to settlement. Plus, low interest rates and closing costs. The Mortgage Center is on Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Phone 304-267-9040. Or online at mortgagefinancing.com. NMLS number 237527, Equal Housing Lender. There's nothing like spending a week at the lake. In my experience, La Bella Vita at Deep Creek Lake is the perfect getaway. Owned by Martinsburg residents, it's only two hours away. Whether it's lounging on the spacious deck with amazing views or relaxing in the hot tub, it just doesn't get better than La Bella Vita. With plenty of space for family and friends, this five-bedroom, five-and-a-half bathroom home is the perfect luxury mountaintop retreat. Inside, you'll find an extremely well-furnished home that features two master bedrooms and 85 TV for everybody and a fully accessible kitchen and dining area with everything your entire family will need. Our family enjoyed roasting s'mores at the fire pit in the evenings and by day exploring much of the 3,900 acres that makes up Deep Creek Lake. The community has several excellent restaurants and lots of family and friendly activities and they're all just a short distance away. For more information, visit the Facebook page or contact TaylorMade Deep Creek Vacations and Sales at 301-750-2182. You need to keep your vehicle in good working order, but car and truck repairs can be very costly. Bears Repair in Martinsburg performs all kinds of auto repairs at prices most often well below their competition. Bears Repair offers tune-ups, oil change and lubrication, small and large engine and transmission repair, wheel balancing, front end alignment, exhaust system replacement, air conditioning checks, auto inspections, and new tires. Stop by for a free estimate at Bears Repair, 904 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg, phone 262-0208. Bears Repair. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Well, you hear that. If you are a listener of this station, you know what that means. We're now joined by Matt Miller. Calling his final game tonight for the Martinsburg Bulldogs. And how you doing, Matt? I am good. I cannot hear that song anywhere anymore without my brain automatic thinking it's about Miller time. So. <laughs> uh, well, has it sunk in yet? Tonight's the night? Tonight's the last one? Um, maybe a little bit. Uh, the for me is tonight, you know, has all the makings of being a very good high school football game. Do very good teams that are looking for a chance to hang out and uh, I'm just looking forward to that Matt with the uh, the history between these two programs you know two at the top in the state uh, it, it feels fitting that these two teams are meeting here in the state semis yeah absolutely and it's, because Bridgeport has spent so much time as a double a school it's not like there's a ton of history between these two teams believe it or not actually goes all the way back to 1952 when Bridgeport came to Martinsburg and the Bulldogs got a victory. They didn't see each other again until 2007. Martinsburg went down there and lost in the opening round of the playoffs. We'll talk more about that on tonight's pregame show. That was just a crazy ending to that season. Then in 2010, Bridgeport came up here for a playoff matchup. And then last year, these two teams were supposed to have met in the quarterfinal round But COVID wiped out that game as Martinsburg was not allowed to participate. Bridgeport uh, officially gets a forfeit win and advances to the next round where eventually they're eliminated by the exact same thing. So, you know, two extremely strong traditions and programs getting to championship games in their respective divisions. And that's what makes this so much fun to see these teams tonight. What are your notes for this uh, match uh, comparative-wise? Who has the edge in your mind? I think Martinsburg has the edge, number one, because it is a home game, and they have won 33 consecutive home playoff games at 
Coburn Field at David M. Walker Stadium. I mean, haven't lost a playoff game since 2005 here in the panhandle. Um, I think the depth may be a key part as well. And, and I really wonder how Bridgeport is going to be able to slow down this Martinsburg attack. Um, you know, Bridgeport is, uh, if you will, a one-trick pony. They're going to run the football, and they're going to run it well. I'm not taking anything away from them as far as, you know, who they are and what they do. Uh, the aspect, though, of, of a, a team coming in that's kind of one-dimensional and topping the Bulldogs is one that you just don't see very often. And, you know, you talk about that one trick pony for them. Obviously, they've been successful, though, 526 points for on offense and just complete domination ground game-wise by multiple uh, running backs. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cam Cole is the quote-unquote quarterback. It's funny, you look at the starting lineup that we were sent by the guys from the Bridgeport Radio Network, um, and he's still just listed as a running back, and yet he's the guy that, you know, occasionally will throw the football. But it's it's the single wing. He's going to run more than he is throw the football, or he's going to hand it off. And then you've got Landon Reppert, who's uh, a big guy that can, you know, power for yards. And, and then occasionally they'll get Aiden Colson involved. And so, you know, they're, they're a three-headed monster when it comes to that ground attack. And, of course, it all starts up front. And while they're not big, we've heard Coach Sherman talk about how quick they are and how precise they are. They know what they want to do. They do what they want to do, and they do it well. So I think another big storyline heading into this game would have to be then those differences in styles. Obviously, Martinsburg more of a spread offense and Bridgeport that basic but uh, you know very talented single wing offense that probably is uh, one of the better ran single wings in the entire state. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this game comes down to which line is going to be able to get the job done, whether it's offense or defense. And, you know, this Martinsburg offensive front has been very solid all year. If they can open some holes and get that ground game going and be able to protect Ezra Bajan, who will throw the football, I'm sure, tonight. Although, you know, there's a, it's going to be cold and breezy. So, uh, you know, can Martinsburg establish a bit of a ground game of their own and then work the pass off of that? On the other side, that Bulldog defensive front has been very good all year long, and that defensive front is going to have to do their job, uh, eat up some blocks, uh, let the linebackers fill those holes, and be able to slow down this Bridgeport offense. Talking to Britt Sherman uh, this week, what did you hear from him gearing up for tonight's game? I loved his description of the Bridgeport offense. He refers to it, and you'll hear it in the pregame show tonight, like, you know, running into a bee's nest. Uh, that, you know, when you stir them up and you think of all that activity that suddenly is right around you, he said that's what their offense is like. They're not super big. They're not super fast. But with the size and the quickness that they have and the precision like a bee's nest, you know, uh, they all know exactly where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing, and they do it well. And so he said, you know, every time they snap the football, it's like that little swarm gets going, and Martinsburg has to make sure that they play assignment defense and don't get caught up in that swarm of bees. So you've broadcast 29 years of Martinsburg Bulldog football between radio and radio and TV at the same time. You've seen a lot of teams. You've, you've been through a lot of the years with all the schedules and everything. Where does this 11-1 team that's one win away from going back to Wheeling, where do they rank schedule-wise that you've seen Martinsburg play when it comes to tough opponents? I mean, they're, they're right up there. This has been a very good schedule for Martinsburg, which I think will hopefully be an advantage for them tonight. They've clearly played the stronger schedule out of the two teams. They have faced adversity that I'm not sure Bridgeport has had to face yet this year. And, and Martinsburg has tasted of defeat and did not like it at all. It hurt. It was not good. And, and we believe it really was a key part in helping to refocus this team to come into the playoffs and play the way that they have over these last uh, two games. So, you know, I, I think this is a team that has arguably played uh, some stiff competition, as stiff as any other team. And they've been able to find ways to win. Hasn't always been pretty. Um, you know, is this the most talented Martinsburg football team that I've seen through the years? No, it's not. But every team is different. That's the thing. Everybody knows their role. Everybody goes out and fulfills that role. And they still have an opportunity to meet the same goal, and that is to win a state championship. 
Anything stand out to you, Matt, about your conversations with uh, or your conversation with Bridgeport's head coach? Um, it was good talking with Coach Ferris, and you know he talked about the things that they do. And again, it's no secret. Uh, he talked about the tradition. You'll hear him mention that tonight. That you know one of the reasons he wanted to be the head football coach at Bridgeport is because he knows that tradition. And you know five and five uh, seasons are not acceptable. You know you expect to be getting to the playoffs and winning playoff games. And of course Martinsburg has built that same kind of tradition. So and it's a, it's an exciting matchup in that regard that you've got you know two pro programs and you've got young people in these programs that have watched that and now have experienced that as players and will pass that mantle on to the young people that are coming behind them that this is how we do it in these two programs and I think that's what makes this a fun game tonight. Now I know that we still want to make sure people uh, tune into the pregame show but can you share with us one of your keys to the game tonight for Martinsburg? Keys to the game. Again, I think it's the defensive front. I mean, if Martinsburg can dominate that line of scrimmage and then, you know, allow the the skill guys at linebacker and those defensive backs to fill holes and stuff that running game, I think that's huge. I'll throw a second one at you, and that is, you know, the lead. Martinsburg has to get the lead and if you you know you can get up by a couple of scores if you get up by three scores that's not where Bridgeport wants to be because they're not a team that is traditionally going to score quick now they did show last week against Jefferson they can break off some big plays but I you know they're a team that is really going to ground and pound and potentially run 15 plays and a lot of time off the clock so I think the two keys Martinsburg getting the lead and, and that Bulldog defensive front playing well. And we just, before we had you on, we talked with uh, Indians play-by-play broadcaster Travis Jones, and we asked him what it was like for what the advantage would be for Bridgeport having played a spread-type offense like they did last week in Jefferson. But for Martinsburg, they haven't really seen a, a team in a, in a while that runs the offense that Bridgeport runs. No, they haven't seen a team at all. That's the thing. I'm, you know, even talking with uh, Travis, uh, Chris George, who's going to help him with their broadcast tonight, even talking a little bit with uh, Coach Ferris, uh, this is not the single wing that, say, Washington is running down in Charlestown or even the hybrid model that Coach Faircloth had brought into Hedgesville this year. This is a much more traditional single wing style of offense, and it's one that, you know, even Coach Sherman commented you can't simulate it in practice. So you almost have to, you know, okay, here's the schemes, here's the plan, but you're going to have to learn on the job. And so, you know, the first couple of possessions, I clearly expect Bridgeport to break some plays and make some things happen. But I think that as Martinsburg sees it over the first couple of series, then that will give them the opportunity to make the adjustments that they need to make. Do you want to say anything about this game that we have not said yet? Um, no, I mean, again, just, just looking forward to it. I would expect there to be a pretty nice crowd on hand for this one. Last chance to see the, the dogs at home before possibly getting to Wheeling Island Stadium. I would imagine Bridgeport, with their faithful fan base, will bring uh, some folks up here as well. And so it's just what you want this time of year, right? Teams were practicing on Thanksgiving Day, and that's always a blessing. And, and now the day after Thanksgiving, fill the stands, have a great atmosphere on a cold night for a good high school football matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we want to thank Panhandle Printing, Marius Group, and Kelly Allstate again because they paid the fee for us to broadcast it on TV10. Do you want to say anything to the WVSSAC? No, I'm, I'm done. Uh, this is my last opportunity to, uh, to, to call a game, and I'm thankful for that. And, um, you know, all of my uh, grudges with the SSAC shall rest in peace. All right, there you go. Thanks, Matt Miller. Matt Miller, Nick Verzellini on the call tonight. You got anything to say, Colin? I was going to say they're not going to rest in peace. They're going to carry on through us, Matt. <laughs> that is true. There you go. Hey, I'll pass on the mantle. There you go. Matt Appreciate Miller, it. play-by-play broadcaster for your Martinsburg Bulldogs. One final game tonight at Coburn Field, and uh, it should be a good one.